Section 25. The Art of Worldly Wisdom. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Linda Sonrisa, SirVision.org. The Art of Worldly Wisdom by Baltasar Gracian. Translated by Joseph Jacobs. 221. Do not seize occasions to embarrass yourself or others. There are some men stumbling blocks of good manners, either for themselves or for others. They are always on the point of some stupidity. You meet with them easily and part from them uneasily. A hundred annoyances a day is nothing to them. Their humor always strokes the wrong way since they contradict all and every. They put on the judgment cap wrong side foremost and thus condemn all. Yet the greatest test of others' patience and prudence are just those who do no good and speak ill of all. There are many monsters in the wide realm of indecorum. 222. Reserve is proof of prudence. The tongue is a wild beast. Once let loose, it is difficult to chain. It is the pulse of the soul, by which wise men judge of its health. By this pulse, a careful observer feels every movement of the heart. The worst is that he who should be most reserved is the least. The sage saves himself from worries and embarrassments and shows his mastery over himself. He goes his way carefully, a Janus for impartiality, an Argus for watchfulness. Truly Momus had better placed the eyes in the hand than the window in the breast. 223. Be not eccentric, neither from affectation nor carelessness. Many have some remarkable and individual quality leading to eccentric actions. These are more defects than excellent differences. And just as some are known for some special ugliness, so these for something repellent in their outward behavior. Such eccentricities simply serve as trademarks through their atrocious singularity. They cause either derision or ill will. 224. Never take things against the grain, no matter how they come. Everything has a smooth and a seamy side, and the best weapon wounds if taken by the blade, while the enemy's spear may be our best protection if taken by the staff. Many things cause pain which would cause pleasure if you regarded their advantages. There is a favorable and an unfavorable side to everything. The cleverness consists in finding out the favorable. The same thing looks quite different in another light. Look at it, therefore, on its best side, and do not exchange good for evil. Thus it haps that many find joy, many grief, in everything. This remark is a great protection against the frowns of fortune and a weighty rule of life for all times and all conditions. 225. Know your chief fault. There lives none that has not in himself a counterbalance to his most conspicuous merit. If this be nourished by desire, it may grow to be a tyrant. Commence war against it, summoning prudence as your ally and the first thing to do is the public manifesto, for an evil once known is soon conquered 
especially when the one afflicted regards it in the same light as the onlookers. To be master of oneself, one should know oneself. If the chief imperfections surrender, the rest will come to an end. 226. Take care to be obliging. Most talk and act not as they are, but as they are obliged. To persuade people of ill is easy for any, since the ill is easily credited even when at times it is incredible. The best we have depends on the opinion of others. Some are satisfied if they have right on their side, but that is not enough, for it must be assisted by energy. To oblige persons often costs little and helps much. With words you may purchase deeds. In this great house of the world, there is no chamber so hid that it may not be wanted one day in the year, and then you would miss it however little is its worth. Everyone speaks of a subject according to his feelings. 227. Do not be the slave of first impressions. Some marry the very first account they hear. All others must live with them as concubines. But as a lie has swift legs, the truth with them can find no lodging. We should neither satisfy our will with the first object, nor our mind with the first proposition, for that were superficial. Many are like new casks, who keep the scent of the first liquor they hold, be it good or bad. If this superficiality becomes known, it becomes fatal, for then it gives opportunity for cunning mischief. The ill-minded hasten to color the mind of the credulous. Always, therefore, leave room for a second hearing. Alexander always kept one ear for the other side. Wait for the second or even third edition of news. To be the slave of your impressions argues want of capacity and is not far from being the slave of your passions. 228. Do not be a scandalmonger. Still less pass for one, for that means to be considered a slanderer. Do not be witty at the cost of others. It is easy but hateful. All men have their revenge on such an one by speaking ill of him. And as they are many and he but one, he is more likely to be overcome than they convinced. Evil should never be our pleasure, and therefore never our theme. The backbiter is always hated, and if now and then one of the great consorts with him, it is less from pleasure in his sneers than from esteem for his insight. He that speaks ill will always hear worse. 229. Plan out your life wisely. Not as chance will have it, but with prudence and foresight. Without amusements it is worrisome, like a long journey where there are no inns. Manifold knowledge gives manifold pleasure. The first day's journey of a noble life should be passed in conversing with the dead. We live to know and to know ourselves. Hence true books make us truly men. The second day should be spent with the living, seeing and noticing all the good in the world. Everything is not to be found in a single country. The Universal Father has divided his gifts, and at times has given the richest dower to the ugliest. The third day is entirely for oneself. The last felicity is to be a philosopher.
230. Open your eyes betimes. Not all that see have their eyes open, nor do all those see that look. To come up to things too late is more worry than help. Some just begin to see when there is nothing more to see. They pull their houses about their ears before they come to themselves. It is difficult to give sense to those who have no power of will, still more difficult to give energy to those who have no sense. Those who surround them play with them a game of blind man's buff, making them the butts of others, and because they are hard of hearing, they do not open their eyes to see. There are often those who encourage such insensibility on which their very existence depends. Unhappy steed whose rider is blind, it will never grow sleek. End of section 25.